welcome to Estradalusions. I was about to say we're back. It seems like, not counting the Christmas episodes, most episodes start with we're back because we don't do that many episodes anymore. Because, uh... It's not because the show's not popular. Actually, A Charlie Brown Christmas was our most downloaded episode in our near four-year history. We've had a lot of good guests for an episode of me talking about a really old Christmas special and my breakup. It was really more about my breakup than the actual special. And I warned people about that at the beginning and in the episode description. So there's no deception and there's no trickery. And yet, my God, look at it. I mean, the Christmas episodes have always weirdly outperformed. There's a reason we do so many of them. And then take breaks for months. So there's nothing left for people to download but the Christmas episodes. And yet, I mean, shit. I mean, it, it, it is a tremendous honor. It's not a it's not so much of an honor that I'm going to make more episodes because of it, but uh, this episode is not a popular culture episode, and it's also not a episode that has a popular culture title and is nominally about something like a TV show or a film, But it, and then it ends up actually being about me. This one is in both title and substance about not just me, but this absolute mess that is my current... I was about to say current gender identity, which implies a switch, and there's not a switch, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to unpack, and could I unpack alone with my thoughts? Uh, Maybe, but really, if you're a content creator, there's nothing else you can really do that the only way you can truly be yourself is to show it to the world and to the internet, so I can't really be honest with myself unless I'm talking to an audience. And I know maybe there's some of you out there who think I'm being facetious or joking, but I actually don't really know. There's a big part of me that just wants to record this, so I stop thinking about it, and yet I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but I think we're just kind of at the stage where we're throwing shit at the walls. I will say that this episode will not really have a conclusion. This is an active kind of war zone situation. I don't really know where I'm going to end up. Part of the value of recording an episode like this is that I can go back, especially like my surgery episodes from a few years ago. This is very useful to kind of get my mindset at the time. So this is kind of me going on the record and saying, God damn, like I am, my gender is, is kind of a mess right now. And maybe there's value in, in, in just somebody, I, I transitioned a very long time ago. Maybe there's value in somebody like me who's been Around the block, there and back again, uh, A Transsexual's Tale by uh, Ian Thomas Baggins. Uh, I, I I don't know, just just somebody who's been on HRT for a long time, just checking in and got some weird shit that I'm going to unpack. I would like to say, first and foremost, this is not a detransition narrative. Whatever happens, whatever happens with my gender, I could completely and utterly vacate the term woman. And I would not stop estrogen. I would not have surgeries to remove my very nice titties or my <laughs> or my equally nice and yet in most... I, I like my vagina. It, it, there are some times where I'm like, this thing is a lot of work, but uh, I know a lot of women feel the same way about their cisgendered vaginas. And I mean, I, like... Sometimes you've got, like, the biggest dilator, and, like, it, you're stiff, and you're like, fuck, this sucks. Like, I, how, why do I have to shove this Widowmaker in here and uh, just to keep the walls from closing in? And then you're kind of like, well, 
you think about all the time in the closet where you're <laughs> thinking, if only, if only I could have a female body. It's like, okay, if this is the price that you pay, if if the other price that I pay is that I have these weird sort of existential crises, then I guess maybe shit isn't so bad. This you could, in theory, file all of this into first world problem, but there is a large part of me that that's I. I think there is a chance that I'm either non-binary or I'm on the non-binary spectrum. And maybe that's kind of a territory that I've always sort of circled around. I did an episode at the beginning of last year where I was talking about how I was thinking about changing my name. Not necessarily because I wanted to, but because it would make dating easier. And in other episodes, I've kind of come back to that theory a couple times but what I've also learned in that process is it's not just that I didn't want to change my name because I'm an egomaniac or I like the sound of I mean I really do love the sound of my own name uh, Ian Thomas Malone it's, it's got such a nice ring to it and uh, no one has ever accused me of being somebody who didn't love the sound of their own voice or their own name uh, I do really like the, the sound of Ian Thomas Malone what I've also learned is that when I use a fake name, I really don't like those fake names. It's not even that I'm kind of indifferent to it, but I, I just I actively don't like them and don't have any sort of kindred connection to it. I was on a date. I was home uh, over Christmas for a, a pretty long time, for about three and a half weeks, longer than I've ever been outside of California since my transition. And I went on a date with a guy in the city, and I, I realized that I hadn't told him that I don't go by the— fa I was using the name Adriana at the time, which I didn't really love. I've switched it to another name that I don't want to say, but uh, you could call me the Princess of Wales. And uh, like Adriana, the word, uh, the name Ian is also in that, so uh, really not much of a secret. I do like the second name a lot better, but— I was on this date, and I'd had a couple beers, and then he said the name Adriana, and I almost looked over at him, and I was like, well, who's that? And I didn't, and it was just a date. Like, I wasn't—the guy lived in Brooklyn, and we were in Manhattan, so it wasn't—I I would have gone home and screwed him, but uh, I couldn't have brought him— I guess I—my parents would not have been happy if I had brought him on the train back to Connecticut, but he was cute, and uh, I never—to this day, I never told him— that that actually wasn't my real name, and that I actually go by this other, this birth name. Was <laughs> kind of, I mean, Tinder, I kept getting banned, so I, I've gone permanently to the fake name, but it's just for Tinder, which uh, certainly makes things interesting when you match with somebody on a different app as well. I guess Bumble would be the one that that would... I don't know, there's that app, uh, some of the other apps, like OkCupid, okay uh, sometimes known as OkCupid, uh, <laughs> or uh, Field. You can use fake names on those, uh, but I don't really know why anyone would use a fake name and have it be their their old birth name. I also do get recognized on Tinder. I, you know, it probably, on average, averages out. It, like, it also kind of depends on how active I am, but... About twice a week, somebody's like, hang on a second. I've seen you before. And it's like, what, did you see me out at a bar? Probably not, because I only go to a couple bars and I'd recognize you. 
often it's like not even like I've seen you on the internet or they think I'm on TikTok or Twitter, which are bigger platforms. It's like, nah, loser, I'm on Facebook. You you don't want to admit it because that's probably where you saw me because you were there too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a level of fame that's worthless because you can't live on it, and it's really not that cool either. It's actually kind of sad if you tell your people, I have a big following on the internet. Well, what have you done with that? That's a good question. I'm soon to be 32. <laughs> I almost wonder, as it relates to my gender, if it's a... I hate, I hate when we toss the term privileged around for trans people if we use it like passing privilege or the surgery surgery privilege is is a little bit more legitimate in the sense that there's plenty of members of our community who do not have access to things that they would want otherwise if we didn't have a fucked up healthcare system uh and, and it's okay to acknowledge that there is some uh, discrepancies in privilege between uh trans people who who uh can uh, who are able to have access to those things, and I, we we can accept that that's true without saying like I, it's a knee jerk reaction for people when they're accused of privilege to be like, well, my life's uh you know hard for X Y and Z. I mean, we could say that, but yeah, I'll admit that there is some privilege there. Um, passing privilege though has always been something. I, in theory, in theory, I have passing privilege because I do. I, I don't, I, I can't, I, it's really not for me to say if I look like a woman or not, and that's not just me being modest, I really am not an objective source on that. Uh, what I would say is that I go through life without having, uh, without get, I do get misgendered, it's not an impediment in my life, and it could, it, I remember at a time when I, I looked, uh, you know, early in transition, you would get the people who say, uh, sir, ma'am, sir, again, and they, they speak, like, you look, and, like, you're standing, this happened to me outside Target, this person was, like, heckling me, uh, to sign up for some of their stupid shit, and they were like, sir, ma'am, sir, and I looked, and I was like, try human being next time, and they got all defensive, uh, the person next to them looked absolutely horrified, it was, it was extremely, extremely humiliating. Um, and not in the sense that I felt humiliation, but just that you looked at the world that the way we were at and somebody was talking to another person like that. It just, uh, sucked, I guess. Uh, but that's kind of my life. You know, you had to like go, you just kind of had to walk to your car and, uh, and get on with things and kind of, it, it happened. That's just something that happened. I don't really know what else to say about it. But there is kind of this safety net that allows me to look at my own womanhood, my own femininity, something we have talked enough times on the show for me to say femininity. It's been, it's not like this is the first episode that's been about my tenuous relationship with femininity, but I don't, a couple, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was in the middle of this all this this what is a woman discourse that I really and and this is kind of the thing that I'm I'm really trying to work through. I, I I sort of looked at myself and was like, you know what, I, what is a woman? I do not personally care about the answer to that. I have I feel as if I have no personal investment 
in that answer. And it sounds really dumb, but I, I look back at my life. My, You know, you could go back to the decision where I di- didn't want to change my name. Like, I actively, it wasn't just that I was hedging or that I'd had kind of a career beforehand. I, like, actively was angry about it. And that those angry thoughts, the, the idea of changing my name, and I was angry later when I had to change it because of fucking Tinder. And people would say, oh, you know, quit Tinder. Tinder's actually been great for me. Tinder has opened the door to a lot of opportunities. I love Tinder. I might be, I might be Tinder's biggest fan as somebody who's really been done dirty by Tinder. Uh, <laughs> I'm going on a trip. I'm going to D.C. at the end of the month with somebody I met on Tinder who met me as Adriana. And actually, I think was the first person I had to say, oh, by the way, Adriana's not real. I am a trans woman, but my name is uh, Ian Thomas Miller. There you go. <laughs> was it awkward? Yes. Yes, it was awkward. <laughs> it's possible I have achieved a state where I don't have to care about what a woman is. Cis women do not have to think about that. And I don't really... I mean, none of us... None of us do, except for the sense that when you're transitioning, you're going from... uh, You know, if, if you're... I mean, really, any kind of transition, socially, medically, whatever, uh, you're you're on a journey from uh, one state of identity to another. So the idea that you're kind of trying to figure out where you're going, it's... I mean, I could say you don't want to have a blind leading the blind scenario, but it can also... This is something, I mean, for people in the middle of the process, you can just kind of look at a paintboard and throw shit at the wall and see what you're comfortable with with what's stuck. I mean, that sounds like such like a idiotic strategy for anyone to deploy. It's actually in a lot of ways the best idea that you could. Uh don't take my advice. I I'm giving it transition advice. I transitioned like 7 years ago and what am I doing? I'm podcasting about how Well, as I said at the beginning, this isn't a detransition. I I have to hammer home this point that I'm not somebody who is regretting my surgeries or my hormones i made that bed and i love lying in it i lie around in it it's been nice if there was a man in there too because i can roll around and lie in the bed that has the knight's musk um and i mean if man musk was all that i wanted i could have spared saved myself the trouble and not transition i could have just like that would have been true autogynephilia to bring up that idiot Ray Blanchard. If it was true autogynephilia, I wouldn't have even needed to transition because I would have just been high off the scent of my own man musk. I mean, seriously. If You know what? I mean, if this podcast was worth anything, uh, I, not that I was regretting in the first place, but I, I am extremely comfortable in my decision to transition, and yet at the same time, I've kind of vacated the word woman. I've discovered this, I discovered this sort of uh, after the fact that I realized that generally speaking, when I describe myself, I don't describe myself as often, and I'm cognizant that I just said trans woman a little while ago. Generally though, if people ask me what my gender identity is, I still use she, her pronouns, but I really like transsexual and I really like twink as terms. Those are two of my favorites. I don't tend to say transsexual woman. And when I said trans woman, that was like three months ago. I wasn't really having these gender questions. And yet in the same in the same sense, I totally was. It's kind of like Dr. Manhattan and Watchmen. We've gone, you know, nothing ever ends. I've said that on the show 
a lot of times, but uh, the pattern just keeps, like, it's just like something out of Adorno and Horkheimer, the culture industry. We just, we, we repeat the same patterns. And I, I'm not sure if I'm even trying to break the cycle or become one with the cycle and comfortable within it. Uh, because I'm not, I like, I, I'm actually very comfortable in the cycle. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to change my hor hormones. I don't want to change my pronouns. I don't want to change my name. And yet, last week, I decided that my new name, Diana on Tinder, which I've, I already said Princess of Wales. If you didn't figure that one out, I don't know why you're still listening. Uh, last week, I was like, Diana sounds pretty good. DTM is good. Even there, though, I was going to change my first name and keep the second. And what have I always wanted to do the past? What have I always wanted to do since literally last year? I've wanted to take my partner's last name so I can uh, go around trolling people that I kept my birth names and didn't change my last name so the more that i find myself questioning my gender identity the more i find myself entrenched in the same patterns that i've been in been sort of settled in since very early in my transition so everything feels different and yet everything is also the same both of these can be true at once and, like, there is kind of a thought experiment in here that's not irrelevant to the equation, which is, like, let's say I could snap my finger and be, like, non-binary, transsexual, and I don't even know where the... I, I, I don't... If, if you understand, like, if, if I could explain anything about my transition, it's it's been lazily. Like, I was talking about how... I was talking with a trans woman this weekend at the beach about my surgery process and about how I, I was complaining I don't really like my lip implant. And she was kind of asking me, well, how did you get that? And I, I really, I was sitting in the office as the doctor was going through surgery, like facial feminization surgeries, and there was a big part of me that was not even listening. And that sounds idiotic to basically everybody, and yet that does kind of, like I came out, to a few people at the beginning of my transition and then I just came out on the internet because I was sick of it and I hated the act of uh, coming out and I just wanted to be done with it so I, I gave up and kind of when it comes to like explaining trans I'm not an educator I, I, I've never wanted to be somebody who educates I talk about my own personal experience not because I want you to come away from something about it but just I, 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 I like to make art and a podcast is not necessarily art, but it feels good to kind of express myself in a way that, that in theory serves as something. What that something is, I don't really know, but art for the sake of art, long disciple of Kurt Vonnegut, um, whether you're even good at it or not. Uh, in fact, I mean, some of the best art you make when you're bad at it. I can't dance. I can't sing for shit. I have a ton of fun when I'm dancing and singing, and I'm awful at both of those. Art doesn't have to be good, and maybe that's something that, I say that, maybe I'm not a good writer either, but at least some people have told me that. Nobody, nobody's told me I'm a good dancer. People do tell me I'm a fantastic or an incredible woman. And it's always, always, always made me feel uncomfortable. And I don't know why. I get included. This was a big thing in my life as a young kid. I always, you know, I was... A, a, I, I grew up for all intents and purposes an only child. My my sister and I joke about this that we were, we both grew up only children because we have a almost to the day ten year age difference, and that 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 that's that's an odd sibling relationship, especially when it's only two of you. Uh, 
I always wanted to be asked to play. I was always... I, I mean, this is something that more broadly cis, trans, whatever, uh, we, we all kind of uh, have experienced, but uh, I kind of grew up as somebody who was always the one who organized things, and uh, I realized that maybe that in some ways that was like a self-defense mechanism because I wouldn't be included if I didn't help play a part in that. Uh, I remember a poem I wrote in college that ended the lines like, I just want to be asked to play. I've kind of gotten to a point in my life where I did get asked to play. I wanted to be one of the girls for a while, and then I got to be one of the girls. I got to be, I, I got invited to slumber parties, adult LGBTQ slumber parties. That's that's actually a thing. They're not orgies, believe it or not. They're actually, it's very sweet and adorable, and I had had heard of them existing and then got invited to one, and I did have a fun time. But, you know, there's, 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 there's this, it's weird. Maybe it's self-loathing. I'm not, I'm not gonna deny that it, it's not possible that that this is the case, and that I'm uh, that I am uh, exhibiting habits that uh, plenty of trans people have uh, certainly succumbed to in the past. But I do kind of do this eye roll when I'm included as one of the girls. Like it's like really, maybe it's just disbelief that other people feel that way. But it, it's also just like. I, for so long, I've rejected all of these uh, aspects of femininity, and I really do, because this is the thing, whenever you mention this, whenever you may be as a listener thinking about it right this very moment, but whenever you go down this train of thought, you're reminded, other people will remind you, and you'll remind yourself of it, that clothes, makeup, all of that stuff doesn't make you a woman. I have said that countless times on this show, but something Something deep down lets us all know where we're kind of, where we are on the gender spectrum. Man, woman, non-binary, all sorts of stuff. And even if we don't know the exact answer to it, we know that we're not cis, or likewise, we know that we are. And we know that there, there is something out there where we belong, and when we find it, we feel like comforted by it. And there's a divorce, there's, there's a, there's a not... It's not like the relationship between hormones and gender identity is one and the same. But in a lot of ways, I wonder if I did cure gender dysphoria. But if maybe that wasn't the end of the journey. And maybe it was just the laziness in me that's uh, surfaced in other aspects of my transition. I have a lip implant mostly because I wasn't paying attention. And I just wound up with it. If you had told me the day before that I was getting a lip implant... For surgery, I I literally wouldn't have been able to tell you that was on the list of procedures. And I just woke up, and it was sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and yet here we are, and uh, I think it's possible that with like gender identity, I just stopped. I stopped giving a shit because I I cured the demon. I cured the dys- dysphoria is this ugly, ugly beast that's so hard to live with, and I beat the fucker. And I kind of like, it, it's like I finished the video game but didn't hit 100% completion. And was just kind of okay with that. It's actually a pretty good me- metaphor for where I'm at in life right now. Other than I probably wouldn't podcast about the game that I didn't. I wouldn't podcast about a game that I didn't do 100% completion with that I was upset about not having done 100% completion with. But I am somebody who likes to cover the bases. I think a lot of times I learn a lot about things that I'm interested about. Just because um, maybe it's imposter syndrome, and I I just like 
I cling to, uh, sometimes it's hard for me to relate to, to other people, so I possess all of these different uh, facts about something so that I'll always have something. There, there won't be a dry spell. I'll always be able to have something to talk about with somebody. God, I sound insecure. And as it relates to my gender, I'm in a dual state of being both secure and insecure. And as I talk about it, it kind of like puts some of my dating woes in perspective because how can how can somebody love you if you don't love yourself? Yeah, I do love myself. And I can disprove that before before I transition, a lot of people not a lot. More than four people in the time until I was twenty I guess really it was like twenty four when I started to really make moves for transition. And then a couple of years, out, it took a long time. Um, dark road. <laughs> We've covered that in other episodes. Um, people tell me they love me, and it's like, no, you you say that like those are our words. Like you don't even know. You don't. I just want you to know who I am. I had to grow up with that '90s bullshit. Awful. <laughs> I would say like you know you don't really know me. Um, so I've just disproved. All of these, like, cliches that you could just throw out there, I have sat and stomped on. And what, when the dust settles, what are we left with? Who are you? I don't know. I'm not even sure if I wish I did. Throw out another theory. You know, there's all this uncertainty in my life. That's always kind of the case when you're... LGBTQ, or you're in the arts, uh, especially in the if you're in the arts, you, you know you 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 get used to uncertainty. Or the alternative, basically the sole alternative, is get the fuck out of the kitchen, because uncertainty is the name of the game. And maybe I have Stockholm syndrome, and I like the uncertainty. And maybe I just want everything to be uncertain, including my gender, because I'm used to it. I thrive in it. It's chaos. This is the sound of somebody who's, who's thriving. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> uh. And I say I say all of this, and there are bits of my feminine... Femininity. I'm not even sure that's really the right word to pronounce. <laughs> should learn these things. You know, I've had guests where I've sat... sat Played YouTube clips of how their name is pronounced a hundred times so I didn't screw it up. If I ever... No, because you can just roll back and say, Feminemony. There are aspects of it that I really, really do value. I want to be a mother. I think it kills me more than I am ever willing to admit. As I sit here and admit it, uh, I think it really does kill me that I can't get pregnant. Like, like hurts deep down. I think there's a lot of me that's been reluctant to admit that because like, you could follow follow that train of thought to some ugly outcomes. Like, people who just live for or through their children, that's very unhealthy. You don't, you don't make life to fill a void. But that's not what I'm dealing with. What I'm dealing with... And actually, I can make life. I have a nice little collection of my cum that's frozen... In L.A. For a nice person or surrogate to carry with me someday. I can I can achieve. And it's not like I even 
when I was with my ex, with Tara, who'd been on the show a lot, we used to joke, the two of us, because we were planning to have kids, she would complain constantly that I wasn't, that I couldn't be the one to carry the kid. And, you know, there's, there's some, I want to clarify that that's not really linked to me uh, saying that deep down it hurts that I can't get pregnant because uh, you try, maybe tie the two together and say it's trauma for uh, why we broke up. That didn't really have anything to do with it. Because um, there is a large part of me that's like, shit, you know, I'm really glad that I won't be able to have kids. I've seen what pregnancy does to bodies and, uh, well, see what Trent, not that I have some prestige, but I, I'm old. I'm almost going to be 32. I am way past my expert. Like, Leo, Leo was not interested in me like 20 fucking years ago. But, um, maybe what it boils down to is my inability to have kids has truly, uh, harmed me from a lot of relationships with cis men. I can't reproduce with cis men. And I'm attracted to a lot of cis men. Maybe that's part of it. But boy, boy, is that a dark road to go down when you're a trans person seeking the cis validation. I'm not talking about this road uh, as really any of my road is if somebody should follow it. It's where I'm at in life. You don't live life sitting there thinking of all the shit you don't have. You you count your blessings for what you do have. And I have a lot. There's a lot going for me, even if the broader aspects of my life are complete chaos. I probably sound really depressed, and yeah, that to some extent could be true, but also at the same time, maybe I just realized, you know, you think by 30 you'd have a... I certainly thought I would have more shit figured out. And I do kind of like the idea that there's still so much more of this road to walk, but it's hard, and it, you get tired along the way. And maybe with all of this... Because it, it's just... It's not doubt. It's not doubt, necessarily. It's not doubt, but it might be uncertainty, and I don't want to split hairs, and I don't want to turn everything into semantics, but... ay ay ay. I used to just love, I love, I think I embraced for too long the idea that my transition narrative was over. COVID happened, and I was excited because I finished my surgery. The fact that COVID happened is, is irrelevant, except for the fact that I finished my final trans surgery literally days before COVID. But in the middle of COVID, the early days of COVID, the world's like in all the chaos, and at least in my hand, I, uh, on my end, I could look at my my little box and say, well, transition was done. And to some extent, that was true. My surgeries are done. I will not have more trans surgeries unless I get a boob job. I'm not a woman, but I might have a boob job. That's so great. That's so great. I sound unhinged. This has really been an unhinged episode. I'm trying to find a good spot to end on. Maybe I'm just like... I'm trying to look for my tribe. As somebody who doesn't like tribes. As somebody who gets included in tribes and says, Bah! Bah! Humbug! I don't like it. Contrarian. Contrarian to my last breath. I guess. It sucks. This episode was not designed to be a whinge fest, but just to be gender in action. Who am I? I don't fucking know. I started the episode... I didn't think I would arrive at a destination... 
I felt better a little while ago and I made a mistake of not ending it. <laughs> I guess I guess one note to end on, you know, you're you, you stay out in the community for long enough, you get this dreaded title that you hate. People call you a trans elder, which is stupid. I hate that term. Um and maybe because I hate that term so much I've recorded an episode that illuminates, that illustrates that I, too, know nothing, Jon Snow. Great way to bring full circle how many Game of Thrones episodes we've done. Ugh. All right. I mean, we're kind of circling the runway. I, I, I don't know. This gender thing. Maybe just the novelty of, of living... As my authentic... I can't believe we've made a half hour and I haven't talked about how much I hate. People will say, it's so nice you to see you living your true, authentic self. I don't see this, like, big disconnect between pre-transition life and post-transition life. There is, obviously, and other people have seen it. Maybe that's just because of external shells or, or anything like that. But I have always felt like Ian. I think hormones helped me more than anything else, both be comfortable with my body and also just ease my own uh, internal demons and, and, and feel just more at ease with the person that I am. But I don't think that individual, the core, the center, is different. And does that mean that I'm actually still male? I don't know. I, I don't know. It could be true. I got back into skateboarding a couple months ago, and I, I, my breakup and everything, I just, I feel more like my older self than I have in the past. And that's not a bad thing for so many people that would be this horrible, like, awful thing. But it's like, all right, big dick energy, Ian's back without the dick. Not the end of the world. Like, I almost, I feel like... I feel like as I become more uncertain of my gender identity, the more I actually, like, can sta- can kind of bear to be in the same room with myself. Because I, I look at the all the, the this journey I've been on and all the self-discovery, and I don't hate the person I used to be. Which isn't to say that I fully love myself either. I gotta find a way to just kind of make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we're all trying to do. Anyway, that's a good note to end on. Uh, if you've followed, uh, if you listen to this episode to the end, uh, it's been a ride. Weird. Um, but I feel like I did, I vocalized some some truths about myself that maybe I was afraid to confront, and uh, I shouldn't be. And... I don't know. So I guess, you know, I usually say at the end, thank you so much for listening. But really, whether you're listening or not, this, this, like, really, I do thank you because uh, I feel a little better. Win. You know, take your wins where you can get them, people. They're hard to come by. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, we will. See you next time. (laughs) 